Hey there, podcast listeners. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the vast array of prayer resources out there? Well, today we will be taking a focused and practical look at how to pray effectively using the parable of the persistent widow from Luke 11. Join us as we explore the Lord's Prayer, understanding that it's not just a memorized method, but a model for how to pray. Let's dive in and find out how to pray with persistence to accomplish amazing things. So grab your coffee, sit back, and let's embark on a transformative journey together. Good morning. Hey, if you're joining us online, good morning and thanks for choosing to worship at the road. Grab a Bible, something you can read God's Word from, and open to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Are you glad to be here today? All right, just checking, making sure before we get going, okay? Uh, we're, we're closing out our series on parables today, and we're going to be talking about prayer. If you go to Amazon and you Google prayer, you'll find that there are over 100,000 books on the topic of prayer. There's so much out there that it becomes overwhelming, right? Uh, so much out there that it can even become discouraging or defeating. Uh, so we're going to look in Luke 11 today, and we're going to hope that we can clarify uh, some truth about prayer and maybe find some truth that will change the course of our prayer life forever. If you will, take your Bible and read with me beginning in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished one of his disciples said, now let's pause for a second. We're going to come back to this. But what do you think it was like to watch Jesus pray? Right? And then stuff happens, especially when you pray and it doesn't. And so that's what's behind the question of, hey, could you teach us how you do that? And so Jesus responds, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, put a little circle a little, a little highlight, something around the word say. We're going to come back to that. Father, uh, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day, each day, our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive, as we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight. And he says to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey. And I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door's already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Okay, so here it is. I got my pajamas on. I don't want to answer the door. Everybody in my house is asleep. You waited too long. But what happens is God doesn't quit knocking. Right? And, and, and the neighbor realizes, if this guy's going to leave me alone, I'm going to have to give him the... Okay. I got to give him what? The bread. The bre Thank you. We are in the same building here. All right. So he says, uh, and from, uh, let's see, verse 8. I tell you that even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will not, are fine. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and him who knocks, it will be open. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Will he not give him a snake instead of a fish? Will he? Will he? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Will he? If the, you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray together. Father, we, uh, we want to simplify this, and we want to empower prayer in our lives. We want to pray to get things done. 
Um, Father, so I, I ask that you would open our eyes and make our hearts tender. Uh, Father, help us to uh, be willing to process what you teach us today, not to argue with truth, but to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start by, by unpacking this just a little bit. If, if Amazon has over 100,000 books available about prayer, and, and this disciple asked Jesus, teach us to pray, you would think that 30% of the Bible would be about prayer. But it's not. Three verses. Look at me. Three verses. Five sentences. When the Son of God was asked, teach us to pray, it was just three verses. Five sentences. If you go to the parallel passage in Matthew chapter 6, it's five verses and seven sentences. You throw it all together, right? Eight verses, ten sentences. Is all Jesus when he was asked, teach us to pray. What did we miss? How, how do we get lost in a hundred thousand books on prayer when Jesus did it in Three verses? Well, that's what we're going to try to figure out. First thing we're going to learn is the Lord's Prayer is a model, not a method. Um, I love this church because so many people come from so many different backgrounds and, and worship together here and we grow together here, and that is a fantastic thing. But depending on your background, the Lord's Prayer was probably given differing weights. Some of you came from a background where the Lord's Prayer was probably a part of your weekly ritual worship or maybe even your daily worship. It was huge. It had heavy, heavy weight in your life. And, and you may have repeated it, although you may not have known what it meant. It was just repetition. Others of you, you know, if you grew up as a Baptist by the fourth grade, you knew it and that was about it, the end of it. Um, some of you played on a sports team. And all you knew is after the coach yelled at you for a while, he'd go, all right, let's pray. And, and everybody get in a circle and we'd say the Lord's Prayer together, right? And so different people have different meanings and weights assigned to the Lord's Prayer. But what does it really mean? I mean, this thing we've memorized and said as a part of our life, what does it really mean? Well, what I, what I want you to see is that uh, when Jesus gave his disciples the Lord's prayer, it was at the request of teach us to pray. He gave them a model for prayer, not a method for prayer. They're, these are not simply words we say, this is how we pray. Do not get lost in repeating the exact words. That's not what this is about. If it were, the words would have been exactly the same in both places of scripture. And they're not. This is about what prayer should look like in our lives. So here it is. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. The Lord's Prayer contains two, just two broad topics. God's agenda and my needs. God's agenda, my needs. So if you break it down and you examine it, there are five topics inside that, right? God's agenda has two of them. My needs have three of them. It is that simple. And this is what Jesus is saying. When you pray, make sure you include these five things under two topics. I'm going to break them down for you. This isn't in your notes. If you want this stuff, you got to write fast because I talk fast, okay? So we're going to break it down by phrase. And I'm going to tell you what each phrase means and how it applies back to our life. So here's the first one. That the name of God may be hallowed. Right? 
Father, hallowed be thy name. What that means is that the name of God be glorified in the lives we live. Simple as I can put it, our job as followers of Jesus is to make God look good. Make him look good out there. Okay, that gets a little bit more complicated when we start talking about what is out there, right? So my wife was sitting by me in the last service, and I'm going through this stuff, and I'm saying, man, make him look good on a job, right? Make him, make him look good in your marriage. Make him look good in your parent. Make, make him look good when you coach. Should have had an amen right there. And she leaned over to me, and she goes, does that include driving? <laughs> make him look good when you drive. Right, that our job as a follower of Jesus is pretty simple. And I understand how hard it is to live this, but the prayer is pretty simple. God, as I live my life today, may I make you look good. You ever pray that? Here, just pause and pray, God, let me, let, let me make you look good today in my temperament and my words. That you, your name would be hallowed. The next phrase that has to do with God's agenda is thy kingdom come. This is God's will, right? This is God's plan unfolding. I'm going to say it again. I love simple, as simple as I know how to say it. We want to be on the side working with God rather than working against God in the unfolding of his plan. So today, God, as I live my life, I want to make sure I'm part of what you're doing. I don't want to be against what you're doing. I don't want to be a stumbling block to what you're doing. I want to be a part of what you are accomplishing in this world. Because I know you have an agenda, God. I know you do. And I want to be part of that agenda. I'm on team God. And I want to do my part. It's pretty easy. I want my children to do their part. I want my church, right? When you're praying for your church. Father, may our church do its part in accomplishing your will in this world. Now we switch after those two, and it's so easy to see, to my needs. God's agenda, and then there are three needs that we come to God with. And the first one is daily bread. Give us this day, our daily bread. Okay, so here's the deal. When we pray, give us this day, our daily bread, we're not praying, God, let me win the lottery. Right? That's not daily bread. As a matter of fact, I'm going to challenge you to do something. How much different do you think your prayer life would be if you had to get up today and pray for bread. You see, and, and I, I love us, I love you, but our prosperity has killed our spirituality. It has killed it. How much different would prayer be if you had to get up today and go to your heavenly father and say, listen, I don't know if I'm going to eat today unless you show up. Give us this day. Our daily bread. And the second one has to do with relationships. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That's spiritual and physical relationships. Uh, I, I want to be in a right relationship with God, and I want to be in a right relationship with each other. So, so in my prayer, I, I take the time to go, okay, God, are, are we good? We say this every week, right? We say this every week. We were created, the Bible teaches we were created by God for relationships, first and foremost with him, secondly with each other. So I'm going to take time in my prayer life to make sure both of those are good. With everybody around me. Now watch the craziness of God's plan. When I begin to address that in prayer, what I'm really praying for is the quality of my own life. God, I needed to be good with you and I needed to be good with my wife, my kids, the people around me, the people I go to church with. And wherever those aren't lined up, life's quality sinks. 
life's quality sinks. And the last one is this. It talks about our, our battle to be like Jesus. Lead us not into temptation. And this is what, this is what Jesus was saying in our vernacular. Be, Man, I, I want to win this fight. I want to be like Jesus. I, I, I don't, I don't want to keep giving in to my sin. I want to be like Jesus. I want to win the war for my soul. Two have to do with God's agenda. Three have to do with my needs. It is pretty simple. But then Jesus tells a story. And, and the story, the parable, is not about uh, praying to connect with God. It's praying to get something done. I, I know you got something to write down, but don't do it just yet. Look at me. Be honest for just a second. How many of you, if you're really, really honest, saying, I need God to do something? Raise your hand. If, uh, you're praying. I need God to do something. Okay. I need you to understand that's what this parable is about. I'm not praying to know God better. I'm, I'm not praying just because of what I do every morning. That something has come up in my life and it needs to be done. And Jesus has said, when you need something done, this is how you pray. And we get confused about this. Um, we look at prayer and we think it's all about connection, uh, but this, this is specifically about production. So how do I pray in such a way as to get something accomplished? Well, there are a lot of ways to, to, to connect with God. Uh, and most of them, and I, I, there's freedom, right? There's freedom of Christ. Most of them are as unique as the individual pursuing Jesus, right? You can read your Bible and connect to God. You can pray and connect to God. You can sing and connect to God. Right? I had a kid come up to me after the last service. He goes, I got to know if this is right or wrong. He said, I look at mama, I don't like to sing. I like to talk to God. Is that wrong? Like, man, however you want to connect, brother. Right? There's not a commandment, thou shalt sing. <laughs> right? So, so there, you, you can see a sunset and connect with God, right? You, you can hear a song. You can see a piece of art. You can, there are so many ways to connect with God. But connecting with God, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> connecting with God is not praying to get something done. Do not mistake the two. Because a lot of us think that once we've connected, we've actually done something. No. There's a difference between connecting with God and praying to get something done. The point of this parable is how to pray to get something done. And the point of the point, the one thing that Jesus brings it down to, if you want to get something done, pray with persistence. Pray with persistence. And three things now, if you want to get your prayers answered, that we do in prayer. Number one, understand that prayer is an action, not an attitude. I had you circle, highlight the word say. When the disciple came to Jesus and he said, teach us to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, you say something. You say something. It's not an attitude. We get into that in, in circles, in Christian circles about, man, I just walk in an attitude of prayer. And imagine again that this disciple, they're watching Jesus pray. And every time he prays, crazy things happen. And then we pray and nothing happens. And you're scratching your head and you're wondering, why is it that when I pray, nothing happens. When you pray, heaven and earth moves. Teach us to pray. And Jesus says, well, when you pray, say something. So what, what, what does that look like? Well, number one, uh, especially in Christian circles, being spiritually aware is not prayer. It is not prayer. Now, before anybody loses their mind and uh, understand that to talk 
about one thing is not to talk bad about another. This is the worst in Christian circles. Because you talk about one thing, people think you hate another thing. That is the equivalent of me saying, I like Mexican food, and you running out and going, he hates Italian. He hates it. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> I want you to stop and think how often that happens in church. How often somebody says, I like this, and other people assume you hate everything. No. No, is, is connecting with God a good thing? Sure it is. Is it get something done? Not necessarily. We're talking about how to get something done. How to move mountains with prayer. Secondly, thinking about God is not talking to God. This is another one we, uh, we fall prey to. It gets really cloudy. I, I, I come to work really early, most every morning. Uh, a lot of times uh, I live e or west of here and I'm driving east and the sun's just coming up. And man, sometimes it'll hit the clouds and the pollution and maybe bright red and purple and all these things. And, and you just have this moment where you just go, man, I'm thinking about God. It's good. Is it getting anything done? No. <laughs> I'm just thinking about God. Is thinking about God a bad thing? No, thinking about God is a good thing. But is it getting anything done? No, it's not accomplishing anything. And so we have to differentiate uh, what it means to think about God and, and to connect with God. So let's talk about marriage for a second. I'm a married man. I am very aware that I'm a married man. All the married men said? Amen. All right. When I buy something, I'm aware I'm a married man. Amen. Right? When I go somewhere, I'm, mar I'm a very aware I'm a married man. Right? Everything I do in life, I'm a married man. Live under that awareness. That's kind of like our relationship with God. I come home, my wife says, you don't talk to me. Baby, but I'm aware of you. And God told me after the last service, he said, and that's where the fight starts, right there. <laughs> right, my wife would, would say to me something like this, you don't understand. You want to get something done? You better start talking. And God would say, you want to get something done? You better start talking to me. You better start talking to me. Prayer is simply talking to God. Do you have to talk out loud? No, there's a record in Scripture in Genesis 24, verse 25. Abraham's servant prayed in his heart. I think it's fine to pray in your heart. Some people have a hard time, but I do think there's something, um, something that cements stuff when we start to pray out loud. When we talk to God like he's real and like he's here. I love this one. Prayer is a response to a relationship, not a technique. Um, I, I get so frustrated with bigger Christianity. We have complicated what it means to follow Christ until nobody wants to. And I need you to go back and remember that us following Jesus is a love story. For God so loved the world. He loves us. And following him is simply being a part of that love relationship. But we complicate things. We complicate stuff. And prayer is one of those things we complicate. And if you've been around church for a little while, you've been a part of one of those complicated systems. Right? We had all these acronyms we used to teach people to pray. Joy, Jesus, others, you. 
acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, pray, pray, uh, praise, repent, adore, yield, right? You may have had a different one. You may have read a book. You may have whatever, all these systems. Look at me, and I want you to hear me. Prayer doesn't work because of any of those. Prayer doesn't work because you're good. Prayer doesn't work because you work hard. Prayer doesn't work because you showed up today. There's one reason, one reason, one reason alone that prayer works, and that is you are asking your father for something. Did you catch it? When you pray, say, Daddy, my father, my father. Not look how good I've done, how hard I've worked. My Father. Prayer is not about a technique. It's about a relationship. Now this is where this is going to get a little bit more narrow. Uh, Things get a little bit cloudy in our world. God created everyone, but he is not the heavenly father of everyone. Let that sink in for a second because it is very, very popular to believe that God is everyone's father. I'm telling you, he created everyone. He is not everyone's father and not everyone is his child. The Bible is really clear about what makes us. There has to be a moment in our life, right? This moment where we become a child. That's why the Bible calls it spiritual birth, new birth, born again. We become a child of God. We follow him as a result of that new birth. The scripture says in John chapter 1 verse 12, as many as received him to them, he gave the power to be called the children of God. There's a moment. Everyone's a creation. Not everyone's a child. Look right here at me. You may be realizing that while you are a creation, you are not a child. I want you to know that God has done everything he can to make it possible for you to be a child. He paid the price for sin. He let Jesus die on a cross. He turned that into a gift that is available to everyone, right? That he wants you to be a child. All you have to do is, the verse said, to as many as received him. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. It's easy to get in God's family, and you can do it today. We conclude our service. If that is your choice, you come grab one of our ministers and say, I want to be in the family. Number two, make sure the relationship is healthy, not perfect. James 5, 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So here, here avails much. Here's what I want you to see. You're not going to have a perfect relationship with God as long as you're in this world. You're in a fallen world. You're in a sinful world. And so, man, what happens is we strive for perfection. Perfection becomes the enemy of progress. We can't do anything because we're not perfect. We quit. No, just be healthy. What does health look like in any relationship? Well, I'm married, and I love my wife, and my wife loves me. And you know what? We still hurt each other because we're in a fallen world. You know what we do when we hurt each other? We take responsibility for it. Hey, I did that. Will you forgive me because I love you too much to live like this? That's health. Hurt's going to happen. 
It happens everywhere. It happens with your kids. It happens with your mate, right? It happens with people you know. We take responsibility in healthy relationships and we ask forgiveness because we love someone. I'll take it a step further. Not only do I not want to hurt you, but because I love you, I want to do things that please you. That's healthy. So what does it look like with God? Same thing. Right? We do those things we know we shouldn't have done. And we stop and we say, God, because I love you, I am sorry for what I did. It's me. It's, it's not, it's me. I did it again. I can't believe you still love me. And God, because I love you, I want to do my best to do the things that please you. I want to be healthy with you. Last point, uh, not, yet, not yet doesn't mean no. Um, this sort of rubber meets the road. F- few prayers are answered immediately. And I know that may uh, disturb you a little bit that, that we all wish we prayed and happened. I, I've had a few of those. had one a few weeks ago here in this church that surprised me so much. I ran office to office uh, in, in our complex telling everybody, God just answered this prayer. Just like in minutes. I'll give you just a little bit of the background on that. We had a family in crisis in another state, medical emergency. Called them to check on them. What do you need? We need one specific thing to happen that the doctors, and this is the phrase they used, you have a better chance of winning the lottery than what you need to happen happening. And the mom said, would you pray for that to happen? Look, do you know how those moments in life where you wish you'd taken some notes and had a little video camera and like, if you'd have known how that was going to fall out? So I said, okay, we're going to pray. And, and the only thing I remember about the prayer was this phrase, God, this is your child. And your child needs you to show up. They need to know they matter today. Love you guys. Hang up the phone. 15, 30 minutes later, I mean, it wasn't long. I should go back and try to figure out exactly how long it was long. I I got a text, you're not going to believe what just happened. The doctor came out and said, you know that thing that you had a better chance of winning the lottery than it happening? It's just happened. And I'm running around the office going, look at this. Right, why? Because immediate prayers are kind of rare. Those big, giant, immediate answers to prayer, they're kind of rare. They happen But the point of this parable proves more often than not, they don't happen like that. That's the point of what Jesus was saying. Sometimes in our prayer life, in in Daniel chapter 10, verse 14, Daniel prayed. He wondered why God wasn't answering. And God said, look, the moment you prayed, I answered your prayer, but there's a spiritual war going on. For 21 days, there have been spiritual forces fighting to keep that answer from getting to you. And you're wondering why I didn't show up? Dude, I showed up the moment you asked. Sometimes there's more going on than we realize in the spiritual realm. Last thing I'd tell you is is that what Jesus is telling us is pray like a kid. I love this, right? Jesus said you're not going to get into heaven unless your faith is like a kid. Again, don't overcomplicate this. All your systems, all your programming, no. Jesus narrowed it down to you need some faith like a child. So you ever been to the grocery store with a kid? or Walmart or anywhere, right? 
and there's something they want, whatever it is, a toy or a candy bar, and they ask you, and as the father, you say no, and you mean no when you say no, right? How long does that no last? A minute, two minutes, right? And there's something that happens in a kid's brain. It just, go, it just wipes it. They don't even remember they ever ask you. And so what do they do? They ask again. No, the answer is still no, no. Two minutes later, hey, can I have a candy bar? No. And, uh, and eventually, right, what happens? When they keep going, watch this, daddy. Can I have it? Daddy, can I have it? Daddy, can I have it? Eventually, Daddy says, yes. That is this parable. That is this parable. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, the scripture says, devote yourself to prayer. Always find it interesting what the Bible says to devote yourself to. Why doesn't it say devote yourself to food? Right? Like some stuff we really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Go out there and eat a steak. Devote yourself to that steak, right? Devote yourself to some sleep. How about that, right? Devote yourself to some play. Here's the deal. The Bible doesn't have to tell us to devote ourselves to those things because we already are. The Bible tells us to devote ourselves to things we don't like to do. Devote yourself to prayer. That's this parable. And and in verse 9, there's a horrible, in most Bibles, horrible translations of the word seek, knock, and ask. Those should have an I-N-G on the end of them. It should be this. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. And when you ask and keep on asking, you're going to get it. When you knock and you keep on knocking, the door's going to open. When you seek and you keep on seeking, you're going to find it. The Old Testament said it this way. You will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Pray and keep on praying. Would you bow your heads with me today? We're going to pray in just a moment, but I want, to, I want to ask you what you've quit praying for. What'd you just give up on? You prayed so long, and, and it seems like nothing's happened that finally you just quit. One day you just didn't pray, and, and then every day after that you didn't pray anymore. You just quit. Could you pick that up again? Could you be that kid who looks at his daddy and says one more time, Father. Father, because you see, it's it's not about how good you're living. It's not about how much you do. It's this. It's the fact that you are in relationship with the Father. And right, every father in the room knows that every kid's not perfect And we don't love them based on perfection. We love them based on relationship. Your father loves you today. He loves you and he wants to know what's on your heart. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, 
as we've worked through this, I've realized that while I am a creation of God, I am not a child of God. And today I need to fix that. This is your opportunity. Matthew is here. I'm here. And Victor is here. If God has moved you, if you need somebody to pray with you, you've been carrying a burden. There's been stuff on your plate, man. And you just want, it's so heavy. You need somebody to carry it with you. You come and let your church pray for you. This is your time to respond to God. Father, thank you so much for your love, for the fact that we get to call you Father. Father, for the simplicity of the truth, we are grateful. Move, Father. We ask in the, the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.